Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. On Fridays, I do webinars about Surefoot. Today, my topic is going to be how to pick up a foot the Surefoot way. And the reason that I'm talking about this is that I just did a workshop for practitioners this past weekend, and I had um, Catherine Wyckoff with me. She's another four hoof practitioner. And we really broke down what I do to pick up a foot, which, of course, I don't even realize. So as a background, you know, I've been a Feldenkrais practitioner for since 2001 was when I started my first training and I trained for 16 years. So I don't even realize what I'm doing when I use my body to, say, pick up a foot, because um, just as you go through the process with Feldenkrais, you improve your own function. And so things just seem to happen or come naturally is what some people might say. But when we really started to look at what was involved, we realized that uh, a lot of people struggle with picking up a foot and there's a lot of different ways to pick up a foot. So we wanted to break it down so that it was clear. Um, and I'm going to um, first show you a video uh, that's from uh, one of my quick start guides and it's just a short video. And then we're gonna break down, and I just realized I don't have my notepad, but I can get it. Um, we're gonna break down that process into steps. Um, and the whole idea here is that you're safe when you're working around your horse, that you're safe when you're putting your horse on sure foot. That's our, our most greatest concern is your safety, your horse's safety, anyone around you, their safety. Because when you're putting a horse on an unstable surface, well, first of all, some horses, aren't sure what a surefoot pad is and they get really worried. So it's always important to make sure that that horse is okay before you ever bend over to pick up their foot. And then when you do, we want you in good balance so that it's easy and you don't have to bend over really far or be very low. The more upright you can remain, the better because if you need to move away quickly, you can. If you're really crouching down, um, it's not so easy to move away rapidly. When you put a horse on an unstable surface, they could lose their balance. And so that's one of the reasons why you need to be as balanced as you can be so that if he does lose his balance and start to fall towards you, you can get out of the way. So again, safety is our biggest concern. Um, it's our number one priority. And of course, um, you know, we are doing this strange thing with horses. Now, as you know, I've, I, in fact, I just talked to a woman on the phone who had um, bought some surefoot pads, and she just told me that she just puts the pads out and her horse walks right up onto them all by himself. That's how much he loves them. Um, but that's not always the case and certainly not the case in the beginning. So let me first share this short video. Uh-oh. Hang on a second, I have to go find it. So give me a moment, I thought I had it here, but there's other things cluttering up my screen. So it's not as available as I thought. There we go. Share screen. Oh, maybe I better, hang on, I better open it first. Hang on. That would be a better plan. So that can go straight there. There we go. All right, so this was the quick start guide I filmed in the Netherlands um, a couple of years ago, pre-COVID. Um, and I'm just gonna play, it's 19 seconds. I'm gonna play it uh, normal speed, then we'll break it down and we'll talk about it. And then 
Um, we'll talk about some other things. So of course I drop the pad on the ground. I hold the lead on my back. I reach over, but you see that I'm rather upright. Like I'm bending in my hip, knee and ankle, but I'm not very low. And then of course I pick up his foot, place it on the pad, and then I can stand up and move away and talk to you. So let me take this back and I'm just gonna break it down on this video. So the, he's already checked out that pad, but you can see that I'm allowing him to sniff the pad. And the re, one of the reasons for this is that if we think of it from Sharon Wilsey's perspective, uh, you can use the pad as a greeting rather than your knuckles, you can use the pad. And I realized that I've been doing that for years until Sharon talked about it. And then it was like, oh, it's obvious. And this horse was totally fine. We knew he was gonna be fine. That's why we picked him because when you're trying to film a quick start guide, you don't need a nervous horse. Um, so he is already quite interested. He's sniffed the pad. He's not showing any signs of anxiety. And so now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna drop it and notice where I drop it. So you can see that it's not a big drop, right? I'm already below his knee before I let go. And it's landing in front of his hoof. So with your rectangular pads and with this physio pad, dropping it in front of the foot is quite simple. With your slant, you might drop it to the side of the foot. I'll explain that in a minute but we're just gonna look at this physio pad, right? And so now I'm taking the lead shank and because I'm by myself, I don't have a handler and I'm gonna hold it on my back. Now, I have had people question me about this and I'm, and I'm fine with that question. People wonder, well, is that unsafe to have it on your back? In my opinion, it is more safe to have it there because if the horse should go, I can just simply turn to face forward and go with him. So if I have it in my hand where I'm picking up the foot, he could get tangled in it. If I have it crossing my body and he goes, he would pull me around. So by placing the lead shank, you know, coiled up in the away hand and placing that on my back, if something should happen, here's my pointer, if he should come forward, what'll happen is I can rotate and so be facing forward with him. And so it would just turn me. Whereas if I had the lead shank coming across the front of my body and he went, he would pull that lead shank right into my gut. So this way I could turn and face forward quickly. And, um, you know, obviously if the horse is really worried, you're gonna let go of the lead shank. It's more important that you stay safe. You're in an enclosed space, or at least hopefully you are not in a huge big field. So, you know, you wanna work in an area where if you had to let go of the horse, you could and nothing bad would happen. Okay, so now I'm starting to reach for the foot. So notice that my, my right foot, this foot has stepped forward and it's un, my feet are uneven. In other words, I'm not square and I'm, slightly angled. I could be more angled, but when you're filming, you do not want to turn your butt to the camera. <laughs> so when I'm filming Surefoot, I'm always a little bit aware of not putting my butt to the camera. Um, but typically I would be facing backwards, facing toward the horse's rear. I've taken my hand and I'm starting to slide it down his front leg. And what I want to know is how does he feel about that? You know, if I slide down, now in this particular case, I don't swipe down and then do it a couple times. 
But that's always a good idea to just take the, the hand and just swipe down the leg a couple of times because you don't want the horse just react reflexively picking up his foot and you want to know let him know everything's cool you haven't asked him anything yet now at this point you can see that my hand is on the back of the tendons and i'm using a little upstroke motion and the key to this upstroke motion is a release so i lift a little and i let go and i'll do that a couple of times what i'm not doing and it's a lot really important to notice what I'm not doing. I have not knocked this horse off balance by leaning into his shoulder. So we see a lot of people have been taught to pick up a foot by literally laying into the horse's shoulder and pushing their weight to the opposite foot. Well, when we're trying to educate the horse about balance, knocking him off balance doesn't make a lot of sense. Besides which, I want to notice what this horse has to do in order to pick that foot up. In other words, I'm not so concerned about him picking up his foot for me right away. I want to observe these other three legs. And from this perspective, from where I am here, I can see both back feet and I can see both front feet. And I want to notice what this horse does in order to pick up his foot. Now, obviously, there's a lot of things you won't see when you're in this position. I can't see what he does with his rib cage. I can't see what he does with his head and neck but I can watch what he has to do with his feet. And the question for me is, does he need to reorganize his feet, the other three, before he can lift the one I ask? So that's one question. Does he need to reorganize the other feet before he can lift the one I ask? And very often a horse will have to move a back foot or take a step with a front foot or widen their base of support or in some way change their stance in order for me to pick up that foot. The other thing is, is that foot easy to pick up? So sometimes you go to pick up a foot and it literally feels like it's nailed to the floor. If the horse has that much weight on that foot, then maybe that's not the one to go to. And some horses will start offering, say, the other front foot, like the one I'm asking for, they won't pick up, but they'll start to lift the other one. And it's my job to pay attention to that to decide, is this the leg that's going to be the one that's the easiest? so that he can experience surefoot. In other words, there's no point in fighting him to make him pick up the foot that I prefer. It's really about figuring out which foot is easiest. Now I tend to start with the left front. Front feet are safer than back feet, especially if a horse has any issues with back feet. And there's a lot of horses that have issues with picking up their back feet. Left front because they're more used to us be on that side and do note that racehorses typically have all four feet picked up from the same side. In other words, the groom will reach across and pick up the right front foot from the left side to clean it and he'll bring it across to clean it. So some of those racehorses do not understand when you go to the right side to ask for their right front foot or right back foot for that matter. So they're, they're habituated to all four feet being cleaned on the same side. And so these are the things that are important to notice and to know um, if the owner is there, very often they're so invested with the horse picking up the foot that they're clucking, they're telling you how to do it, they're telling you what your horse's habit is, they're coming, come on, sweetie, pick up your foot, it's okay. Um, and I just politely ask them to stop because I'm not interested in triggering their habitual pattern 
I'm really curious about what I feel and how they respond when I ask them the way I ask them. Um, and I find that, you know, there are, I can only think of a handful of horses that would not pick up the foot the way I ask. Um, it seems to be a natural feeling for them, but I do have to give them a moment. In other words, uh, I might have to ask and wait and ask again and do that two or three times. And in that two or three times, I will notice, do they lighten the foot? Do they bend the knee? Do they shift their weight? Do they change their stance? Do they have to do something that makes it easier for them to give me that foot? Or is that foot so rooted that there's no chance of picking it up? That's also gonna give me an indication as to whether or not, you know, the one of the horses I worked with, Shiner, a couple of summers ago, he would hippie hop. In other words, he would trot and then start a canter and then trot and start a canter because literally his feet would stick to the ground. And so it would asynchronize his rhythm of trot. And so then he'd attempt a canter. And when I went to pick up his feet, literally they two of them felt like they were nailed to the ground. So that helps explain the behavior, the pattern that we saw under saddle. And so it made sense. So there's a lot to be gained by just taking a few minutes and not being in a rush or trying to make the horse pick up the foot and spend that time with observing what does this horse do? How does he respond? If someone can video it, it's always interesting because like if we look at this horse here, he has his head way over to the left, right? The right foot slightly in front has taken his left hind and put a little forward, but it looks like most of his weight behind is on his right hind. So it you can almost see that he's standing on this left front, right hind diagonal, whereas the other two are slightly forward and you can see this curve in his body. So his ribs are to the right. And that's something that you can't see when you're bending over. So now I'm just gonna take this forward a little bit. Ah, and right here, watch what he has to do to give me his foot. He has to shift his entire rib cage and his shoulder weight to the right. He's still got his head to the left, right? And now you can see just how much he moved his shoulders over. In fact, this shoulder is past his base of support. In other words, if we were to draw a line from the point of his shoulder, it would land on the ground here several inches to the right of his foot. So he has leaned over, curved his body, and shifted his weight to his right side, because I still don't think there's a lot of weight on this left hind, in order to give me his foot. Now, what you can see that I've done is I have, my back is basically flat, my head is in line with my spine here, and I have bent at my hip, knee, and ankle, and also in my other foot. So I'm using my hip, knee, and ankle to bend down rather than bending at the waist or crouching. And um, I've kept myself fairly upright so that I, my head is here by his belly, not down here by his foot. And look at how, I can't make it larger, but my hand is on the cannon bone just a couple inches below the knee. It is not near the foot. And this is critical because if the horse should get anxious standing on an unstable surface and lose his balance and your hand is down there, you could get stepped on. But by being more upright like this, if something, if I needed to move away, I could move away much more quickly and easily. 
So we can see he has to shift his weight even more to pick up his foot and then we're ch it's changes angle. But look at how much he has bowed his rib cage. Look at how this leg is not vertical. It's actually on an angle. Here's the point of his shoulder. It would land here. So he's angled and you can see that he's got more weight on his right hind and he's being incredibly cooperative to give me his foot, right? And he's lifted it up for me. And now here I am, I'm kicking the pad into place. So my weight is on the foot furthest away from the horse. And by putting my weight on the furthest leg, it is easy for me to kick the pad into place with my near foot, right? And I just tap it into place. And now I'm just lowering the leg and you can see how soft my hand is. In other words, my fingers are not gripping. I'm not squeezing his leg. I'm just softly supporting him and lowering his leg down. And here I'm already starting to let go as his toe is approaching the pad. In other words, you don't have to hold his leg all the way to the pad. It's not necessary. Um, I want to have him be more square. Oh, that's a really good question, Diane. Let me just finish putting his foot on the pad. And then I let go. And you can see he's still straightening his leg as I'm standing up. So I don't have to wait for his foot to be solidly on the pad when I let go. It, as long as it's touching it, it's okay if he steps off. So Diane's asking, uh, was I unable to have him more square when I started? Was this just the stance that he wanted to be in? I do not ask the horses to square up before I start. I start where they are. So for many, many horses, they don't stand square. And um, it's like meeting the horse where he's at rather than already trying to put him somewhere. So I just let him stand however he chooses when I start. And quite frankly, I, I don't change their stance or try to set them up. What I see is that by using surefoot, horses become square. In other words, Bob, who we've talked about quite a bit, could not stand square when I started with him. And I never asked him to stand square. And after the first session, he was already more square. And after the third session, he was quite square. So I use that change as an indicator of their internal shift in balance. I have seen horses on surefoot pads that take each leg and slide them into a different orientation. You just look at it and you think, how, how can this be comfortable? They've got their legs all over the place. And yet they're standing there, they're breathing, they're sighing, they're licking and chewing, and they're so happy. Happy being a human emotion, but you know what I mean. So I don't want to prejudge what their habit is or try to set them up. I just start where they're at. Um, and I find that that way they're not already worried about training, right? If we're trying to set them up square, we're trying to train. Um, and I'm just curious about where they are and where they go. So now you can see I've just taken and switched the lead shank into my other hand. I've got it just coiled. I'm talking, so <laughs> I let go there. Um, but you can see how he brings his head back. And I want to support the weight of that rope. So I don't want it swinging underneath their head. Um, and I do absolutely prefer a flat halter. Um, I don't like rope halters because they tend to be loose. 
they come from underneath with a, a lot of rope weight here. And if they move their head a tiny bit, especially if they have knots, they're gonna be getting pressure. And the momentum of the rope when it swings is huge. It's really huge. Um, so I prefer a flat halter to minimize any pressure or sway or feeling on their head. All right, so I'm gonna play this in real time again, just it's only 19 seconds. Um, so that you can see that it's not like I'm taking a lot of time on each, each of these steps, but I'm clearly setting both of us up so that if he should lose his balance, I can move away and I'm not pushing him off balance to pick up his foot. Okay. All right. So um, let me find, I need to find the document. Um, we broke the steps down. Um, and I meant to have that up on my screen. So give me a moment. It should be uh, here on my desktop. Just have to find it. Um, we broke the steps down for uh, picking up a foot. And it came out to a lot more steps than I thought. These days, I will become a more organized person with my computer. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm a disorganized person with my computer. Uh -oh. huh, I thought I had it in this computer. Okay, no worries. I have a backup plan. Let me just get my notepad um, and then I can go through that. So hang on a sec. I'm just going to have to um, step over here. I'll be right back. Got it. Okay, so let me stop share. There we go. <laughs> yes, I have an amazing number of photos and videos, and they're all very disorganized. And then I go to try and find something, and it's um, I never lose anything because I back everything up, and I'm very neurotic about losing anything, but then that makes it really hard to find what you need. Okay, so one of the things, one of the steps, and, and since we've already talked about, uh, and you've seen that video, one of the steps is it is okay to abort mission. In other words, if you start to go pick up a horse's foot and he is startled or starts hollering to his friend or becomes distracted or in any way is starting to fidget, it's okay to stop and just let him walk or, you know, kick the pad away or take a breath or <laughs> wait a minute. Um, it's, it's okay to just abort mission at any point in time in the process. No harm, no fail. Because remember, there's no fail. And that's the beauty is that everything is a success. We just need to focus on what that success is 
even if they don't see it on a pad, we're going to learn something. And that's the key. And I, yeah, it, it is important to meet the horses where they're at. It, it's just like people. Um, you know, if we come in and already say, oh, you got to stand up and come on chest out. And it's a, it just already puts people off and makes them anxious. Okay, so offering the pad to the horse for him to sniff it, right? And then placing the hand furthest away from the horse on your back. So if I'm on the left side of the horse, I'm going to hold the pad with my left hand. If I'm on the right side of the horse, I'm going to hold the pad with my right hand. And then my other hand is going to be on my back. The whole purpose of this is to keep your hand away from the hoof. It is amazing to watch equine professionals at workshops who have their hands down by the foot or crouch down, pick up a leg in an interesting way. And so, you know, it's when horses are on surefoot pads, they are unstable. An unstable 1500 pound animal could easily step sideways. It's why you want to wear boots when you do surefoot because they could easily step on your foot. And I've nearly been stepped on because of course, lost started to lose his balance and parked a foot to the side. And if I was there, I could get stepped on. Okay. Holding out the pad to greet the horse with the pad, letting him sniff it. Casually dropping the pad on the ground. And when I say casually, I'm not, you're not flinging it on the ground. You want it to, if you will, plop. So you saw that I was halfway down the front leg when I dropped it. I want to know how that horse is going to react when he hears a sound and maybe a dust cloud comes up because in some arenas it's really dusty. So when I drop that pad, if I get a bit of a dust cloud up in his face, what is he going to do? Is he going to snort? Is he going to step back? Is he going to get worried? That's why that dropping is it. I am still upright. I'm at a bit of a distance. In other words, I, the length of my arm, I can gently toss it to the ground. Again, I'm not trying to fling it down. I'm just trying to send it down. But I get an idea of if this horse is going to startle and jump back at that, do I want to be bending over to pick up his foot? So that's my little safety check, right? How are you when I drop this? Many horses are absolutely fine. They ignore it. They're like, whatever. But there are those horses that sniffed it, seemed fine. And when you dropped it, you found out that they weren't OK. They cock the ears, the little snorty face. And these are all really important clues because these are the horses that when they feel the pad with their hoof, they startle, they jump back. So if I'm already getting a little concern at dropping the pad, I am going to be very cautious. Um, are we in the blind spot when we drop the pad? Well, the pad is in the blind spot because it's below their head. So they might see it in my, they're gonna see it in my hand, they're gonna sniff it. And, but when I drop it like that, it's below them. So that's why your startly horses, they'll cock their head to look at it and shy and pull back a little bit. Um, and so, you know, I mean, the average horse is okay, but we're not talking about working with the average horse. We're always kind of in the back of our mind wondering, is this one that's not average? Is this one that has some concern that hasn't shown it yet? So um, that's just the purpose of that. Okay, and then stroking your hand down the leg. So I will do this several times. I've got my lead shank on my back. If I have a handler, they're gonna hold the lead shank. I still have one hand on my back. I wanna stroke down the leg. And again, some horses are snappy. They're like, woof, they gotta get their foot up fast. Some horses are dull. They don't notice you at all. Um, how does this horse respond to that stroking? Do they seem comforted? Do they seem worried? Is this something that makes them 
uncertain? Is it something that already starts to make them fidget? Do they have to walk off? These are all the questions that I have in my mind. Okay, then I'm going to set my feet asymmetrically. In other words, I'm gonna take a stance where my outside foot is slightly in front ahead of my foot closest to the horse. So um, that stance increases my basis support. In other words, the distance, but I'm not square, which is not as stable as, let's see if I can get my pad to not. So if I have one foot here, one foot in front of the other, I'm gonna be more stable as opposed to square, okay? So I'm gonna have one foot in front of the other. This is my outside foot. This is my inside foot. This is the one that's gonna kick the pad into place. Um, I'm gonna bend at my hip, knee and ankle. Sorry, hips, knees and ankles. Uh, so that I'm not rounding at my waist to reach down, but I'm bending in my joints. By the way, this is great for your riding because you need to use your hips, knees and ankles. Um, I'm gonna allow my knees to move in a slightly forward down direction. In other words, as I bend, if I let my knee, oh, I don't have my skeleton here. He's too big to handle anyway. If I allow my knee to go forward, that keeps my pelvis over my foot. If I push back with my foot and straighten my knee, it's gonna shove my butt back. So by letting my knee go a little forward down, it keeps my pelvis over my foot, okay? I'm gonna then use that upward stroke on the back of the leg and release. So I just use thumb and, thumb and forefinger and I use a little upward stroke and you can see it just come in like that, just a little bit, right? but it's the release, so it's a little squeeze. If you, some horses need a little bit of a squeeze, other horses, that simple stroke will get the job done. Again, we're not demanding that they pick up their foot. We're requesting that they pick up their foot. I do have my very big pad, which is what I had this weekend at the workshop. Um, I did write it down into notes, but I can't find them, okay? So I've stroked upward a couple of times and I wait, right? So I might do once or twice and pause. I might do once or twice again. In other words, this may not be the way the horse is typically uh, familiar with someone asking him to pick up his foot. I don't necessarily want to use his familiar. You know, some people twist the chestnut. Some people knock the horse off balance. Some people grab them by the feathers if they're hairy legs. Some people the irrigate. Some people take the horse's foot way down by the fetlock. I'm even onto the pastern. I want to ask up on the cannon, on the tendons at the back, because I want to stay more upright. I don't want to be that far over. And by the way, if you do surefoot with several horses in a day, like I did a workshop where I had um, two horses at a time, and I it was like four hours um, or six hours, I was so sore the next day from bending over that much. So. Um, you know, the, the, that's why I kick the pads around with my feet as opposed to bending over to pick them up all the time because that's a lot of bending over. And where I get sore is right just above my greater trochanters laterally on the side, which is where you want to be sore. You don't want to be sore in your quads or, you know, in your back. Um, but it's a lot of bending over. So the less that you need to do by using this technique, the better. Okay, so I'll repeat that a few times. If no response, I will go to another leg, typically the other front leg. And by this point, I may have already noticed that he's 
shifting his weight onto the leg I'm asking and off the other leg so that um, he's already setting me up to go to that leg. Um, so someone is asking, holding the lead rope behind you and you ever have a horse jump forward, worry about the horse jumping forward and pulling my body and arm off balance. That's where you can turn. You can literally just pivot so that if I have my hand behind my back, I'm gonna pivot in that direction away from the horse and then he's going forward. Um, if I have it across the front of my body and he goes, he's gonna just rip my gut. So um, if you're very concerned, have someone else hold the horse. Um, there are many instances where I prefer to hold the horse if he's a bit nervous because I have fewer people to worry about. So um, I am not sure she will lift her foot another way. What are your thoughts? Let's see, hang on. Um, I have a Mustang who will not lift her feet and I trained her in recent months with, I don't know what, oh, re positive reinforcement to lift her foot by a light tap behind her hoof. I am not sure she will lift her foot another way. What are your thoughts? I would say, um, ask her this way and see if she responds. Have you done any surefoot with her? If you've already done surefoot with her, what we find is the horses see the pads and want to pick up their feet for you. So um, I just recently saw a, a young warm blood that came over from Europe. He was terrible about picking up his feet. They did a little bit of surefoot with him and now he picks up his feet super easy. Um, so I would say that, you know, yes, I, I have and did it the the way I usually do. I wrote what rules? <laughs> um, you know, the, I mean, I'm just showing you how I would do it because I am not wanting to go to the habitual. Um, so, you know, again, safety is number one. As long as you're safe, if you need to use the way you've been doing for her to pick up the foot so that she can experience the pads, fine. Um, the whole purpose of this webinar is because I've seen so many different ways that people pick up feet. And my, what I'm trying to avoid is knocking the horse off balance. Um, and, you know, some people want to clicker train their horses. Um, and somebody's saying you could combine it with the usual cue. But the thing is, if the horse really likes Surefoot, if the pads are really doing something for the horse, they will get easier and easier to pick up their feet. Um, if if you're just wanting to pick up their feet to clean their feet or for the farrier, you can have more than one way to ask the horse. And that's also something to consider is that, you know, your farrier is going to ask one way, your groom is going to ask another, your husband is going to, everybody's going to ask slightly different. So if the horse is able to understand all of those signals, that would be a really good thing so that, you know, they're not just stuck on one thing. Okay. Um, so when the horse picks up the foot and I did not show that in that video that you saw, I still had my hand, um, coming around from the tendon side, but what you can do is just take your hand when they lift the leg and slide it so that your palm up on the cannon. So the cannon is resting in your hand. What you're trying to avoid is the horse feeling like you're grabbing at them. So if I still have my hand in this position, the way I have asked him to lift and I come around and grab the cannon, some horses feel that and they feel the grab and it worries them. So if you just take your hand and just turn it over so that you're cupping the cannon bone in the palm of your hand, they're not, they're gonna feel support without grip. Um, and that, you know, so many horses are reacting to the feeling of, 
of you know pulling and squeezing and not releasing um that they're feeling like oh you've grabbed my leg and you're not going to let go um and i'm going to be unstable and unsafe so that sort of reassuring support without grip okay when i pick that leg up I'm assessing, is it light? Is it heavy? Does the horse push the leg forward, pull it back, go to the side? Is he tense? Does he bend the elbow? Does he bend the knee? I mean, these are all things that we can glean from this simple act. Those hints that we can glean give us a lot of information about the horse's overall balance, how he's going to be under saddle, what his habit patterns are, what his sense of stability is like, what is freedom of movement is. I mean, these are all clues. And the coolest thing is they can all change and they can change rapidly. So the first time I pick up the foot, I might not have any bend in the elbow. It might just feel that just from the knee, it just goes back and I can't lift the leg at all. And then the third time, wow, here comes the up, upper arm, the elbow bends, it's free and it's light. Um, on the hind leg, it might feel like suddenly you're lifting the entire horse because they've just made it a dead weight. So, you know, you think of the mass of the whole haunch of the horse and the leg. On my horse, he's 1,500 pounds. We're talking at least 150 pounds, I think, in that back end. So some horses just, you know, let it be dead weight. Other horses, you'll start to feel they'll help you. Some horses, we had one at the workshop, they were too slow. That horse was already picking up its foot when they just walked over. And he's like, hurry up and put me on a pad. So these are all uh, important things to notice. They give us clues. Um, it's different than just, do you wanna clean the foot? This is really an opportunity to gather information, to learn more about your horse, to learn about what it feels like to have a, a relaxed light leg versus a heavy leg. The more horses you do, the more you're gonna notice differences. And then it kind of gives you a broader scale so if you're only working on one horse, this is your scale. And if you work on three horses, it's here. And if you work on 10 horses, and if you work on hundreds of horses, the scale becomes so, the range just increases hugely. And you can kind of go, oh, this horse, is this is easy or not so easy. Um, but it gives you a lot of data, a lot of information to not obsess about, but just to file. I just kind of note it, and then I see how things go. Okay. Um, I kick the pad into place and I use my foot. Now to do that, I've got to put my weight on my other leg. And again, the key here isn't cocking my hip over, but aligning my body so I'm over my foot. In the same way we looked at the horse and how he threw his rib cage over past his front leg so that his front leg was angled, he was leaning. If we do that with our hip and push our hip out, in order to kick the pad, we're unbalanced, we're unstable. So um, I have a little video that we filmed at the workshop last weekend where I break this down with people um, and I'm gonna show you that. But if we throw our hip past, we're not secure. So you wanna be able to line your weight up over the standing leg that's away from the horse so that you can easily kick the pad with the other foot. And you notice I have the pad in front of the hoof, so it's a short distance. I don't want to have the pad so far away that I have to like reach way over to get it. I want to set it up so it's, you know, I'm moving in a couple of inches. Um, I lower the leg toward the pad. And as you saw with that Frisian, 
my hand was already letting go as the hoof was approaching the pad. And I don't worry about, am I going to get it dead centered, especially not the first time. Um, I just, some horses will avoid it. They'll put their foot in front, behind to the side. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm wanting them to know it's okay, right? I'm letting them down, but I'm not going to make them stand on it. I'm letting them down. So someone's asking, does our balance mirror an example of proper balance for the horse or is it just our safety to be balanced? I believe it's our safety because you saw that that horse was not balanced. He's a quadruped and I'm a biped. Um, and so you could see what he was doing with his body to be able to give me that foot. So I, I don't necessarily think they're mirroring us, but we want to be in good balance. Okay. I observe where the foot lands. You know, does it land on the foot, on the pad? And if the horse needs to walk off, I let him walk off. I don't worry about trying to keep him there. I don't worry about, you know, so many owners want their horse to be good. Stay there, stay there, don't move, stay on the pad. It's like, it's okay. If he walks off, he's not in balance, right? If he's in balance, he can stand. But if he, a lot of horses literally fall, like when you pick up the right front foot, the chest moves left. And the next thing you know, their head's over there and they got to go because they're falling. This is important information. Again, we had a horse like this this weekend. It was a lovely younger mare. And on the left side, she was okay. And when you went to the right side, it cert at first she was concerned, like she was worried about us on the right side. The second day, she wasn't worried, but it was so obvious that when you picked up her right front foot, her whole chest would shift left and then her head would be going. And the next thing, you know, when you put her foot down, she's already falling left and she walks off. So, so often we think of the horses as being bad or disrespectful or not cooperative. Instead of looking at them as falling, out of balance, inability to stand, you know, it's not they're not trying to make our lives miserable. They got a big head, 40 pounds on a thousand pound horse, head and neck is a hundred pounds. Then you've got a rib cage that moves between the front legs with no collarbone. If that shifts and the head goes, they're falling pure and simple. They're not trying to make my life miserable. They can't stand. And my job with Surefoot is to help them be able to find that balance and grounding and security so they can stand and assess their environment without feeling like, whoop, here we go, you know, like falling off a cliff. Um, especially the first time, 15 to 30 seconds, and then walk them off. You want them to know that they can. A lot of horses are don't realize that at first. They think, oh, I've got to stay, you know, and then they get nervous and start chomping on the lead shank. That's just a sign of anxiety. Um, so by giving them permission, they're actually going to let down, be more comfortable, be more relaxed, and come back and give it a shot. But if I make them do it, that's, you know, and they, and they're out of balance, it's not going to be so successful. Okay. Does anybody have any questions about that? Because what I'm going to do next is I'm going to find uh, the video that we took this weekend, um, which is kind of funny. Okay, let me get to screen share. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this was the workshop that I did this weekend. There's my notepad that you just saw. I'm gonna turn the sound off because the birds um, were 
nesting and we're really loud. Um, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pause share for a second while I move this forward so that I don't make you nauseous. Okay, and we're gonna resume. So, oh, hang on, let me just take this back a tiny bit. So I'm gonna demonstrate with a person, okay? So here's my hand on my back, my feet are separated, I'm sliding my hand down, I'm bending in my hip, knee and ankle, and you can see how solid my left leg is. Okay, I'm stroking a couple of times, right? And then I'm gonna ask, and you can see here how soft my hand is. I've asked and I've let go. And I'm just gonna do that a few times. And my horse didn't wanna pick up her leg, no big deal. <laughs> okay, so this is what a lot of people do. They grab the leg and they pull it up, okay? And I didn't warn her because we don't warn the horses, I'm gonna grab your leg. And you can see what happened. She's way out of balance, right? And then, you know, how many times do we see horses where the, the person grabs their leg and pulls it up and knocks them off balance? And there's, that's the, you know, pushing in with my shoulder, right? Here I am pushing in with my shoulder to knock my horse off balance so I can pick up her leg. And yeah, I can pick up her leg that way, but you could see the tension in her face, the anxiety. Okay, so here I am oh, grabbing her leg and pulling it back and she has to hop all over the place. Okay, so I'm just describing my stance here and I have my straight line of my back, my hand on my back and I'm bending in my hip, knee and ankle and I have my feet separated into this stance. Um, if anybody ever does Tai Chi, that might look familiar. Okay, but I can sit into that and keep my weight well balanced between my two feet. So the greater this stance here, it's called a polygon of sustentation. I love that name, but a lot of people think I'm crazy. So a polygon is an irregular shape with four sides. So here's my feet parallel. And then if you draw a line from heel to heel and toe to toe, I've created a parallelogram that my center of mass is balanced over. Now for jumping, this is kind of a similar idea, right? Um, and I'm just talking about, I don't want my head down by the horse's foot. And so now I've got the leg. Oh, that's right. I switched sides to make it so that you could see this from another angle. Okay, so I've got my feet separated. Right? I'm bending at my hip, knee, and ankle. You can see how flat my back is. I'm about to stroke down with a little uplift, and she picks up her foot. And here's where I talk about cupping the cannon bone. So I've just switched my hand over. I'm underneath. Obviously, I'm talking to people. Right, But I can, I'm very secure over my two feet. You can see how I've just lined up over this foot, actually, over the one closer to her but that's gonna be a problem because now I can't kick my pad into place, right? I pulled her leg out too far when I lowered it down and she lost her balance. Okay, so I'm gonna pause this for a second and move this forward um, because then we put a pad underneath there. Okay, so now here we are, I've got a pad, so I stroke and see, I'm talking about which foot is forward, right? Because here's the pad to the side. And so I'm just gonna move it 
so that it's in front of the front hoof. And so now you can see I've got my stance, I've stroked down, I pick up the leg, but you see I'm gonna to have to switch my feet because I had my outside leg back rather than forward. So let me just take that back. So this is why you want your outside leg forward so that you can kick the pad into place and then set it down. Okay, so let me pause share and I'll just take this forward. Okay, resume share. I'm gonna come around to the other side. And you can see I lost my balance there a little bit, but I had my weight over my outside foot. So I was able to remain secure. I didn't lean into her. She's exploring that balance. I'm just gonna come, okay, so resume share. So here I am, I'm greeting her with the pad. <laughs> I got something on my screen. I don't know what I'm talking about there, but that's okay. I'll just take a little bit forward here. So one hand on my back, I casually drop the pad. Again, you can see that I haven't pushed my hip out to the side. My hip is lined up over. And even when I'm turning, I'm staying over my feet, right? I've put my outside leg forward. I stroke down. Right. Again, you can see how my, my midline is between my feet. Stroke. Yeah, and you can practice with another person um, to just kind of get your balance and get feedback uh, because it's easy to, to not realize what you're doing. Okay, so I'm talking about my hand on my back. Let me just see if I can take this forward. Here we go. Okay, so I just use that little uplift. Right, I have to move that foot in more and I wanna keep my hip over that foot. And you can see there was a little bit of a lean there. Okay, but you don't wanna let your hip kick way out because my here's my weight coming down over my outside foot so that I'm secure. I'm just going to reverse it to get the pad out. Um, some horses, I will take their foot off the pad if I'm concerned that they don't like the squish when they walk off. Okay, let me pause share. I'll just advance this again. Come back. Share. All right. So I think I do this one more time here. Drop the pad, take my stance. You can see that's where I'm talking about if you throw your hip way out to the side like that, look at the angle of my supporting leg and how my hips kicked out. So now if the horse does something, I'm out of balance and um, 
could very easily, you know, lean on the horse or get, you know, tangled up. share. So I've done this. I did this a few times just talking about things, but there's my hip kind of bulging over versus staying in line. When it stays in line, I can support on that leg to kick the pad into place. Okay. Stop share. All right. So um, does anybody have any questions about that? And, and um, these have been great questions, by the way, really good questions. Um, Sometimes you might place the pad to the side of the foot as opposed to in front of the foot. Sometimes the pad might wind up slightly behind the foot and you're gonna to have to kick it forward with your leg closest to the horse. Um, but you know, with practice, when you start to practice this and, and use good mechanics, then you'll be able to do those variations. Um, you know, the slant, when you're working with it heel high and it's in front, you're trying to kick the very thin edge, which doesn't work out so well. So that's where you might want to have it to the side. Um, yeah, and the exercises done with people are really helpful. You just, you don't even realize what you're doing until you do this with a person who only has two legs and you realize just how much you've knocked them off balance. Um, with the hind leg, of course, you want to take your hand and stroke it all the way down the horse down his back, down his haunch, right down his leg. And a lot of horses are very uncomfortable with having their back feet picked up in the beginning. They, they'll, they'll tense, they'll pull it up, they'll push. You know, when in doubt, just let go, just start again. When they realize you're not gonna grab them, when you realize they realize you're not gonna hike it up really high or pull it out, um, then, and they realize you're gonna put them on surefoot, they get a lot more comfortable. And it just makes your farrier's life so much better when your horse is happily lifting his feet for you. It just really makes a huge difference. He's gonna be able to do a better job. You're gonna have less struggles. Everybody's gonna win. So, um, well, I talk about how to introduce the pad to a second foot and how do I know when to try? Do, you, do I try one pad on each foot first before progress? Yes, and perhaps this is a topic. Um, so I have talked about this, but the answer is yes. I'll start with one pad and I'll do, say, each front foot individually. And I'm, I might not do the back feet at all the first session. I'll just do one front foot and then go around to the other front foot and see how the horse is. If I see like the horse I had last weekend on the first session, the right front, she's very worried. She looked at the pad funny. She wasn't sure at all. It's like, fine. I just went over to the left front, said, this is all we're doing. It's cool. The next day she was able to let me do the right front, but that's when we saw her fall left. So it was clear that there was an anxiety there, but the anxiety had decreased and the pattern was obvious. When you go to two pads in front, and that's typically when I'll start I'll start two pads in front. Um, after I've done each front foot, might be the second session, like with this horse. The question is, which foot do you put first on the pad? So do I put her left front foot first and then go to her right front? But is that gonna cause her to fall and then she has to step off the left front? Or do I do the right front first and she's starting to fall and then I go around and do the left front and help square her up? And so this is where 
um, really observing the, the pattern that your horse is showing you will guide you as to what the order of go is, whether it's left front first, then right, or right front first and left. When a horse is comfortable with a pad under either front foot, um, it might be the end of the session for that day. With that mare, it was the end of the session. Um, but then we brought her back in the afternoon and she was totally fine. She'd had you know, a little time to think about it. Um, so what I would tell you is don't be in a hurry to get to two pads. It's really about watching your horse and seeing how your horse is responding before you make that decision. One of the things you have to be aware of with some horses is that when you put both front feet on a pad, they're not sure which foot to move to step off. You can see they might stop blinking, they might be holding their breath, they might be a little bit glazed, little fixed. Take a foot off. Just pick up one foot, kick the pad out, put the foot back on the ground. Don't put them in a box where they're not sure. Um, and so that's just something to be aware of, especially, I think you're the one with the Mustang, um, especially Mustangs, you know, some of them have been roped, they've had different things happen or they, they're not used to it. So you wanna really watch the signs that it's okay. And if you think, mm, just take their foot off, no harm, no foul. So um, it is a bit of a feel thing. I am looking for that same level, you know, eye blanks, lick and chew, sighing, when they walk off, they start dragging you back to the pads. Um, they might come right up and say, I want one under, I mean, they're kind of, they start to communicate. And so that's just really, uh, it's when you stay present with them and really pay attention, it, it becomes clear. Um, off topic question, what was the name of the piece of equipment that made nippers easier to use? Oh, it was a, uh, it was a spring that Daisy talked about. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but you could probably go and ask Daisy on Facebook, just PM her and um, she, I'm sure she can answer that question because I can't remember. All right, well, we've come to the end of the hour. Um, great questions, thank you so much. Um, let's see, I learned a lot to be better with my horse and the purpose learning how to observe and how to be safer. Yeah, and that's, you know, safety is the thing. And like I said, you know, I don't even realize what I do. It was so helpful to do this workshop in person, no masks. Woohoo! We're in Pennsylvania. They have uh, over 70% vaccination rate. So they have removed the mask mandate and um, people were right, you know, could help break it down because it's so hard sometimes to know what you do. So if you can get someone to video you so that you can go back and look at it, you can see some of what you're doing, consider the things that we've talked about here and just, you know, the more balanced and safer you are, then, the better it's going to be for everybody. So it's Memorial Day weekend. Just remember, we're taking this week off coming from webinars. We'll be back uh, the June, I think it's June 7th. Um, thanks so much for, for tuning in. And uh, yeah, I miss, yeah, we'll have 200 videos to choose from. Yes, there are two over 200. So if you're missing, you know, Jones and for a webinar, just go to the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel and watch one. Um, have a great holiday and I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.